Welcome to Ono, Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher, and we're back at the Conscious Life Expo. Yeah. I know you're all waiting. Wait, what happened? I want to know the rest of the story. Yeah, sorry for our diversion into coronavirus, but we are back, baby. So for anybody else who hasn't been following along, the Conscious Life Expo is an annual conference in Los Angeles at the LAX Hilton. Thankfully, it came right before everything started getting canceled, so we got to go. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of our other events have definitely been canceled. Yep. And some of them have moved online. Anyways, it's an interesting world we live in now, but let's take you back to February. So Conscious Life Expo, if you haven't heard about it yet, you want to go back a little bit because this is episode five of this series. Not that you won't understand, mm-hmm. but it'll give you mm-hmm. a, a broader picture. But they are a an expo where a bunch of people who make wild claims come together. Yeah, and quite the intersection of our interest for the show mm-hmm. are represented there at the conference. You've got aliens, you've got crystals, faith healers, water treatment systems, religious leaders, people who record your voice and play it backwards and tell you what it's you're saying to yourself. Oh, we'll get there. I wonder what that sounds like backwards. Right, they really will. Anyway, uh so as we were telling the story originally, I hinted that I was going to come back to a couple of things because they were sort of still alive. Yeah, I was so excited the first day within, I don't know, within an hour of wandering into the building, I saw Linda Moulton Howe. Uh, I love her. And she has been our rock. (laughs) She is, there's service within her. And it is the jewel in her. So what would you call her? Well, I feel like a sense of attainment. Mm-hmm, when you think ha- of her. And that I've met her. Mm-hmm. So really, she is. She, <laughs> she's the rock that containeth <laughs> the jewel, jewel which, which is service. Is service in the, inside of her. Okay, that's that's a very long reference to the, the Ethereum Society. Society. An episode from four years ago. Anyway. Is that right? Four years ago? Who knows? Ugh, something like that. Actually, that sounds about right, because I had just gotten my new Prius C when that investigation ah. happened. It is a 2014 car, so yes. Yeah, so well, well. Five years, maybe, going on. Who knows? I've ridden in the trunk of that car. <laughs> yeah. Not many people can say that. <laughs> can any other people say that? Not many living people can say that. No, <laughs> oh. Just, hmm. this, okay. This went dark. <laughs> Yes, you mentioned Linda Moulton Howe because you knew the secret. You knew that I was going to go to a Linda Moulton Howe talk. Yes. Okay, and and who is Linda Moulton Howe that we should serve her? Uh, Linda Moulton Howe, do we sum her up? (laughs) She is a luminary. How do you solve a problem like Linda (laughs) Moulton Howe? But how with an E. She, she is a thought leader. Mm Mm-hmm. She is a journalist. As much as that term thought leader has meaning, it applies to her. (laughs) She is an independent journalist. She is a documentarian. Mm -hmm. And she got her start by making a documentary about... Cattle mutilations? Yeah, and the like. Okay, which is often tied to alien activity. Right. These cuts are too precise. They removed everything except for the skin. Right. No wild animal could have done this. Yeah, when Ross says they're 
often tie to alien activity, he doesn't mean aliens did it, but that people think aliens did it. Correct. Yeah. But she kind of broke her teeth on that, <laughs> broke her teeth on those animals. Uh, oh, my God, it's her. She actually got a regional Emmy for that work. Oh, okay. Yes, and has since been one of the big speakers in the UFO community talking about UFOs, aliens, and especially government whistleblowers. And we covered some of her previous presentations in our Ozark Mountain UFO conference episodes and also at Contact in the Desert. Also known as the Summer of UFO 2017. And our favorite summation of Linda Moulton Howe came from one of the presenters at the (laughs) Ozark Mountain conference who, after a panel discussion, someone came up to him, and I just happened to be nearby, and someone said, wow, it's just, I, I can't believe the things that she's revealing. This is so cool. The host said, yep, you never know what will come out of her face. (laughs) And you could just tell that he took her with quite the grain of salt, even amongst all the other UFO believers and conspiracy theorists. Yeah, I think we were passing by him. I I can see him saying it. I think we were passing by him in the lobby as this happened. What a glorious (laughs) thing to witness. Uh, But ever since, I've been a very big fan of Ms. Howe. She's so delightful. And I don't want... Listen, do I think she's kooky? Yes. Do I think she believes some things that are probably not true? Yes. But also... She's a delight. You just like you get the feeling you want to hang out with her and she sees the world the way someone who's just doing pop for the first time sees the world just full of awe. Just like, yeah. look at this. Can you believe everything around us? And you're like, Cindy, you're on shrooms. It's going to be fine in two hours. It's a bit like Huel Hauser. Yeah. But in the alien set, like, oh, you just have a joy for life and this implicit <laughs> trust in everything you hear yeah. and this very... Very interesting way of looking at the world. Yeah, and it fills you with wonder, and so we all just want to watch it. If you were to map your feelings towards other people on maybe a triangle of affinity, reality, (laughs) and communication, Mm -hmm. uh, there's so much affinity for Linda Moulton Howe, even if we don't necessarily... Share, share the reality. reality. I don't know where communication she is. She and I are going to have some communication. Hey, okay. In this story. All right, let's hear about the ARC triangle. <laughs> the ARC triangle of uh, Linda Moulton Howe. That is a Scientology reference. Promise we won't do this the whole episode. <laughs> yes, stop it, Ross. Bad Ross. <laughs> Bad Carrie, too. Okay, so one of her big things over the last couple of years has been and maybe going back further, we've only been aware of her a few years, is government whistleblowers. Mm. And when we say government whistleblowers, you may think, Edward Snowden, Chelsea Manning. Right. Nope, that's not what we mean here. Nope. Mm -mm. Okay. She means people who have come to her, typically at UFO conferences, and said, hey, heads up, I used to work for the CIA or the FBI or the Navy, and I have secret information about the powers that be and how they control the flow of information. It usually ties into aliens. Mm-hmm. Often it will involve other portals and, oh, the, the U.S. government has access to other dimensions that they don't want anyone to know about. And I've been to them. Very, you know, earth-flipping stuff. Right. Profound, if true, mm-hmm. kinds of things. Now, I wonder... For her, as those people come to her, if she thinks like, wow, I found the next Edward Snowden. Yeah, I mean, it should be bigger. Right. Yeah, this is massive information. Yeah, it should be enormous. I mean, we look at Edward Snowden and we're like, oh, okay, the government shouldn't have been spying through people's webcams. 
Whereas Linda Moulton Howe... True statement. It's like, oh, yes, the government probably shouldn't be hiding the fact that we were seeded by aliens and that there is a secret society under Antarctica and that you can walk through portals and be in other dimensions. That's bigger news. And if true, yes. Huge. So I just couldn't wait. I was like, oh, she's going to be at the conference She's opposite Russell Brand. I don't freaking care. <laughs> Those chumps can go pay $100 or whatever to go see <laughs> Russell Brand. I know where the action is. I'm going to pay $40 to see Linda Moulton Howe. Nice. And boy, how D was it good. That's how with an E in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Every time you hear how in this episode, add an E in your <laughs> Just mind. Just assume. Okay, so this talk was called Antarctic Military Whistleblowers 2020 Update. Hey, okay. And this was on that Saturday, February 8th. I did buy my ticket to her talk the day of. I was a little worried they'd be sold out, but Mm -hmm. they weren't. Phew. Now, I had thought ahead. I said to myself, I said, Carrie, it seems to me that Linda, bless her heart, will repeat anything she hears. And I might be wrong. If I'm wrong, she's doing a better job, and she should prove me wrong. But looking at the links in the chain here, this seems to be the weak link, which is her information sources. Yeah, it seems like, uh, listen, maybe sometimes she talks to real people who really have defected from their previous jobs in the government, possible. But it seems like a person could just walk up to her and say, I was in the FBI, and... Dogs are secret aliens. How would you test such a thing, Gary? And she would just repeat it. (laughs) Well, uh, I said to myself, "Uh, yeah, how do you know? How do you know if she does that? I can't just go around saying she does that. I got to find out. And there's only one way I can think of, and that's to send her a note saying I'm an FBI agent and dogs are secretly aliens. Oh, you did this. (laughs) (laughs) So... I here's what I done did, Ross. I took out a thank you note and I thought, okay, if I were one of these folks who are in this community who either want to have a laugh with her or who maybe harbor a delusion that they were mm-hmm. in the FBI, etc., how would I approach this? And I thought I'd want to thank her. I'd want to be like, you are the bravest person person alive right you're the only person who's willing to speak this truth that this underground network of whistleblowers is telling you you're amazing so i got out a thank you note Mm -hmm. and i got out some gel pens and i found myself having (laughs) uh having different goals inside my heart as i wrote this because i started feeling guilty immediately (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'm just going to throw her a bone. I'm going to try to make this like so obvious. On its face. That she can just go, this is nuts. Like it, When you told me the premise of this, I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Dogs are being used by the government. Okay. Right. Okay. So here's what I wrote. In purple and pink gel pen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dear Linda. Thank you for your tireless dedication to the truth. I've seen you at several conferences now, and I'm always surprised by how many former agents come forward to speak to you. It's time I did the same. Hmm. I'm at this conference because I'm sick of holding it in. I must remain anonymous for obvious reasons, but I'm hoping you will tell the truth to the world. For 21 years, I worked as a CIA operative in the ONRAC division. These (laughs) people know everything. I was regularly in contact with extraterrestrials, and here's the reality. 
Earth was seeded by advanced intelligences from another dimension we call Element 12. The closest beings we have on Earth to the Element 12 people is Canis Lupus Familiaris, or the quote-unquote domestic dog. Hmm. These are by far the smartest animals on our planet, and we've only gained control accidentally by inbreeding these animals. Mutts are the solution! After enough generations of mutts, not purebreds, we will see a shift in this world toward a higher dimension— the Element 12 people are distraught that we have so many problems. I had to leave the CIA because it was too much to handle. More later, Agent Poppy. You've given her a lot to Google, at the very <laughs> least. Yeah. Did it end with, P.S., do you think Bobby likes me? What the fuck is that reference? It's just, you were writing in gel pen. Oh, oh. <laughs> I did not. Okay. On the outside, it says, Linda Moulton Howe, urgent and classified. On the back, there is a sticker of <laughs> a puppy and a kitten. Hey, okay. And then in the corner on the back, I, I wrote DD214 colon 55 hyphen 390 hyphen 772. Oh, the 555 is the giveaway. It's a made up number. Oh, <laughs> yes. If this were a, a 90s movie, then definitely. <laughs> so DD-214 is your discharge document if you were ever in the armed services. Oh. And so I, w okay. I did look up a few things about like, how would you verify? Because she's probably gained some knowledge about this stuff. Yeah. How do you verify someone was like in the service or really a government agent? And one thing is a DD-214. What so happens I, if someone looks that one up? Uh, probably you'd find nothing. Okay. Also, if you called, you know, the CIA and said, Agent Poppy, ever heard of them? They'd be like, what? Right. But they that don't want you to know about it. They don't want you to it. know. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, okay. How did you deliver this to her? <laughs> okay. So, I get to a Conscious Life Expo, and you weren't there yet. So, I'm kind of wandering around looking for her or someone I know will be friends with her, connected to her. And I run into Jimmy Church. So those who don't know, Jimmy Church is another member of the UFO community with his own following, but he is also just enwrapped by Linda Moulton Howe. He just thinks she is mm -hmm. the most amazing person in this whole movement. And uh, so I saw him uh, over at his table talking to a lot of people. Also sitting at his table was a woman who, you know, was clearly there with him, but wasn't currently engaged. So I went up to her and I, I handed it to her and I, I put my most confused look on and I said, I'm sorry, is is that Jimmy? And she said, yeah. And I said, Jimmy uh, Church? And she said, yes. And I said, okay, sorry, I'm so confused. Someone just handed this to me and said to give it to Jimmy Church, but on the front it says Linda something? Do you understand this? Mm. And uh, and she said, uh, yes, I do. And so <laughs> she, she took it and she like slipped it on the table toward him. And he looked at it and, you know, his eyes kind of widened with acknowledgement. Okay, okay, I see what ah. I've got here. Okay, okay. Okay, so I go on my merry way. Um, <laughs> Smart. Thank you. Now you've already created, let's see, one, two levels of remove mm -hmm. from the original information source. So she's going to get it from Jimmy. Jimmy's credible. Mm -hmm. Oh, he gave me this thing. It says it's to me. 
So it gets his imprimatur, but then it came from you, he, from the person. From his friend. Yes, right. Well, it, his friend, then me. Right, then you. <laughs> and then you said you just got it from someone else, presumably the actual information source. Right. Later on, they're going to wish, oh, man, why didn't we grab her and ask her more? And later they will find that, no, even that information source was Agent Poppy's daughter. So already there's at least four links in the chain leading up to Linda. Mm-hmm. I Mm -hmm. like, okay, well done. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so the talk was about a half hour after that. So I went and lined up. I was, I think I was the, no, that's not right. I was going to say I was the first person in line, but that's not true. There were two super fans in front of me who had clearly been there. Like, they were like, we are going to be the front row. Oh, you got out fanned Mm -hmm. for Linda Which is hard. For Linda? Come on. How dare you? (laughs) So I get in line. You, I think, were thinking about where to go next. You were tempted to go with me. I think this is when I ended up at the Deborah King talk. Uh, And I'm glad I did. Yes. I'm very eager, though. Uh, (laughs) I already improved it in my memory to at least nice, like a nice tone. I forgot about the moi part. You're all welcome for the healing I just gave you. Uh, so yeah, I've wanted to know what happened in this room, but I didn't want to ask you because we make a podcast. Right. I gave you little tiny pieces of it, but couldn't spoil this. Okay. So Ross, Mm -hmm. here's what happened. Okay. So she, uh, she sets up her talk. She's in the front. You know, as soon as she enters, there's a sort of hush like, oh, there she is. There she is. We love her. Uh, so she's up there moving her laptop around doing stuff. And Jimmy Church walks up to her and stands on the stage. And I, I'm, you know tuning into what they're saying while everyone else is just sort of chatting. And he said to her, Linda, someone gave this to me to give to you. It's one of those things. Oh, you got to hear him say mm-hmm. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so she takes it. She kind of glances at it. I got the impression maybe this happens often enough that this these aren't huge moments for her like she looked at it like oh okay yeah and one ha- of these and having given talks at conferences i know you're busy thinking about okay i need to set things up oh okay all right i'll take a look oh, at no. this later right yeah yeah that's a good point if she thought it was banal you'd think she'd set it aside and if she thought it was important you'd think she'd open it she found a middle ground i never knew was there which is to hold it the entire talk and never open it <laughs> <laughs> The entire talk in her hands, her cell phone and the note in her hands, the entire talk. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to think what that's like. That's like the teacher catching your incriminating note and carrying it around. (laughs) And you're like trying to listen to the lesson, but you're like... Is she going to open the note and share it with the class? Totally. That's it's amazing. It's like that one episode of The Love Boat where they accidentally hand out that hurricane warning and the whole time you're like, is someone going to read it? Is someone going to read it? And then they do. And you're holding up a picture of Linda Moulton Howe. Yeah, well, I was just thinking we should describe her a bit. I had just seen her earlier that same day. So she was probably wearing a red mm-hmm. turtleneck mm-hmm. with a cross. Cross gold, with a, gold colored. Yeah, gold with a, a garnet in the middle, some kind of red stone, and a black leather jacket on top of that. And a big, she always wears big glasses, mm-hmm. these big kind of purplish glasses. She's got brown hair, and it's shoulder length and curly. Curly wavy. She, she looks a lot like my mom did for most of my childhood. Oh, wow, this okay. how my mom, like, take away the leather jacket, and you pretty much have my mom. Okay, wow. By the way... Just an aside, 
We are recording this during the massive 2020 COVID-19 outbreak. So if you hear any sirens, etc., sorry about that. This is a rough time. Anyway, so now we get Jimmy introducing Linda, which, of course, he's going to make a big freaking deal. Superlatives. Mm -hmm. This lady, she (laughs) is bringing us information that is accessible nowhere else. She has access to hundreds of inside sources on government conspiracy and alien (laughs) cover-ups. Yeah, it was like that, except not as prepared, even though I know you just said that off the cuff. (laughs) It was one of those like, oh, I could go on and on, but I shan't. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, maybe you should. This isn't, this isn't Tom Hanks, (laughs) you know? Come on! It's Tom Hanks! Come on! You can't just say it's Linda Moulton Howe. There are going to be 20 people in this room who don't know who she is. Let's explain it, you know. How many people are in the room? Thank you for asking. Let me see if I actually counted and wrote it down. That's a Ross question, and I was missing my Ross. Uh, <laughs> see, I don't look at things. I just hear them. I remember counting it. I really do. I remember thinking, now, Carrie. Ross is going to ask Ross you Ross isn't here. I'm looking through. I bet three quarters of the way through these notes, we'll find out how many people were there. But I want to say like 80. Okay. Yeah. Good size group. Yeah, good size group, not a full room. Not a Deborah King. Oh, right. She was full, right? Yeah, yeah. Man. There's a lot. Then again, that talk was free. Oh, fair enough. So Jimmy says, uh, yeah, I could go on and on about her accolades, but I won't. But I will say this. She has traveled to many countries. And then he started naming countries she's been to, which is nice. But it wasn't a specific like to do anything. I just got a picture in my mind of him singing the the Yakko song from Animaniacs. <laughs> where like you sing <laughs> all of the countries in the world. Oh, I've never heard it. And it's like all the countries of the world. Okay, well, he was like, she's been just about everywhere, and he's naming all these countries, and I'm thinking, okay, well, this talks about Antarctica. How are you going to link this in? (laughs) Has she been to Antarctica? No mention of it (laughs) in this intro. Like, at least just say, even if at the end of your list you realize, like, oh, wait, I'm talking about a place she's never been to, then be like, but there's one place. She's never been. Fortunately, the whistleblowers have told her, you know, link it in. Yeah. Anyway, so (laughs) he tells us like all these Central American countries she's been to. And then he's like, and today she's here in L.A., Linda Moulton Howe. Okay. Yeah, we're all very excited. Woohoo! You can tell who the super fans are for sure. But with all her focus on Antarctica, she should have gone there. Yeah. It's, It's not easy to get to, but you can. If it's your life's work. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So she comes up and immediately starts talking about her cats. Good. <laughs> You're right. You're not wrong. She got up and I think someone called out something like, where's Brownie? Because she the- does all these online videos where she's yeah. holding her various cats. A very fluffy cat she has. Yes. She has two cats at least. They're on her Earth Files YouTube a lot. Uh, I've seen them many times. So then she just immediately starts talking about her cats. Oh, yes, my cats. You know, I always say that cats create a pressure in your chest. I, you know, when you hold them up and there's just a pressure in your chest. I don't always say that. I've heard her say this a few times now on YouTube since this talk. Okay. And I keep thinking she's just talking about love. 
Okay. I think she's talking about love. At least she's not talking about a hypnagogic vision. Of a cat like sitting on her chest. Yeah, because that's one of the the (laughs) symptoms or the common experiences is to have that weight on the chest. Right, right. That's where we get. (laughs) Where her cat just comes and lays on her as she's falling asleep. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Probably not that, but now you got to wonder. So she says, yeah, so those of you who watch my YouTube stream, you know that I share my cat love. Okay, well, I just got to tell you about my work. Oh, boy. How do you describe Linda Moltenhouse's style of speaking? There are so many threads to follow. Mm -hmm. I was so glad I had taken my ADD medication that day because it took so much focus to be like, okay, okay. Oh, she's saying that, which comes back to the, okay, I think I fall. It was so hard. So she, she said, my work is 18 hours a day. This is what I devote my entire life to is this work. So first of all, girl, get more sleep. You shouldn't get six hours 18 hours, yeah. Yeah. Unless some of it is while she's asleep, which seems possible. That's fair. Getting downloads and stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or having cats sit on her chest. So she says she started this work by trying to get to the bottom of uh, animal mutilations, like I told you about earlier. But then quickly it became about UFOs and the, the hidden structure beneath society. Then just a few years ago, she started having Marines come forward and tell her that they had seen UFOs. And she thought at the time, she thought, okay, finally, like, we have confirmation that this stuff is real. I'm finally going to see the big headlines. Aliens are real. Yeah, payoff. Right. And she's expecting that and it doesn't come. Uh, And then she said an astronomer named Donald McDowell was murdered right around then. I'm not familiar with that name. Oh, no. Donald. Donald. Ross is, is Googling it. Okay, well, I assume not the member of the Wisconsin State Assembly. Hmm. Astronomer? Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Desexualizing a sexualized term. <laughs> uh, nothing's coming up with huh. that, at least. Okay. Well, anyway, all these events sparked her interest in getting more into UFOs. So today, she's going to tell us about how that connects to her newest film called Antarctica, Spirits Beneath the Ice. And this is her opus. This is what she has been working toward. And we should mention also, she's probably approaching 70. So Mm -hmm. when she says this is like her life's work, she means like this is what it's all been leading toward. Wow. But there's this envelope that looks like (laughs) it might give me a new purpose and direction. Yeah, entirely possible. But I really like cats, and this (laughs) one's about dogs. Oh, yeah. I did think, actually, as I was listening to her go on about her cats, I was like, fuck, she doesn't care. Yeah, giving dogs to a cat person. Yeah, tough. So she said, now I can't share everything I know because I hold the same standards that the New York Times hold. I have to find three sources for every claim before I repeat it. Hey. Good. Yeah. Good. It's important that you don't put a booger in the punch bowl by saying to source number two, have you ever heard Mm. blank? That's really important. It's, yeah, very important how you ask these questions Mm -hmm. and verifying your sources. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So we'll see if that comes up. Okay. Um, So she says, listen, the government's job is to counter the real facts. That is why they're here. And three years ago, a marine analyst who I will call Spartan One introduced himself to me at the Ozark Mountain UFO Conference. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. He pulled her aside and they talked for seven 
hours. And he told her that Marines know the secrets of the face on Mars. I do too. As do There's I. There's shadows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a low resolution photo. Mm-hmm. Then a high resolution photo came out with different lighting and we realized, oh, it's not a face. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're evolved to look for faces. But I'm guessing that's not the secret the Marines know. Uh, no. Uh, there is a pyramid on the moon that is the same as the one on Earth. I assume she means the largest one. Oh, the one with the stairs that go <laughs> The up. ascending stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, no, I did, I did another <laughs> reference to another investigation side. So he tells her all this stuff. He tells her that extraterrestrials and the government have manipulated us to make us dumb and blind. Mm, mm-hmm. And ever since then, whistleblowers have been coming to Linda with dangerous information. So here I, I start writing down like, she's still holding my note. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, okay, so I can't believe how my life has taken a turn since then. I recently found out that one of my books has been in a meeting at the Pentagon. A first-hand source told me that. Whoa. Yeah. Did she verify that with two others? I don't think so. And the Pentagon's very big, and a book being in it might sound a little more important than it is. And sometimes people like us read books ironically. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, yeah, (laughs) books that we (laughs) expect to not fully buy yes yes, yes. <laughs> guys look at what this woman is saying about what we do right here at yeah the Pentagon. entirely possible it was that um or that someone gave it to their friend who works at the pentagon and was like you guys got to check this out and they're like oh, i got it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. one of those mm-hmm. anyway so she says and i've been threatened and i know things that you wouldn't believe antarctica the moon and mars all have the same architecture what Antarctica, the moon, and Mars have the same architecture. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a similar similar style. Frank Lloyd Wright, Frank Gehry. <laughs> right. Same architect. Kaufman and Broad. <laughs> you can just see a similarity. Yeah. <laughs> right. I And she is, I'll give her this. She is such a gifted orator. The actual science of expressing things in a way that the words could be completely empty of meaning mm. and you would still just be along for the ride of the experience of her speaking. I'm writing like Antarctica, Moon, and Mars all have the same architect. Uh-huh. Wait, what? You know, <laughs> but she has moved on. Right. And the way it's presented just sound that sounds right. So yeah, we're on this train and we're going. So with someone like Linda Moulton Howe, I get it. I get why people kind of mm-hmm. like follow along, get into it and are excited by it. We've talked about other groups and speakers where we just wonder, how is any... What is the appeal? Yeah, there are so many people without that level of charisma. Yeah. And and yet... Harold Klemp. Yes. And we haven't talked much yet about Shakuntali, but Mm -hmm. that might come up again. Mm -hmm. That's maybe. We'll see. (laughs) And I listen and just think, oh, this is so boring. Yeah, vapid. It's vapid, but you can also tell it's vapid. Right. It's not even delivered well. The delivery's boring. Yeah, but definitely not Linda Moulton House. Yeah. Linda could read you Ikea directions and she'd be like, and Mm. and take (laughs) the, the sofa and Put the lake on it, but you need two people. What? You'd be two? Like, Whoa. Okay, two people. I never thought about that. Oh the world God. does need teamwork. Wow, she's right. Anyway, um, same architecture: Antarctica, Mars, and the Moon. The Moon. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So one guy uh, that is a source of her has has been to all three: the Moon, the Mars, and Antarctica. So we already know. You and I know. This guy is. 
we have a couple options. Uh, liar, legend, lord. He's either making this up or he has a mental health problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah. The, we got the lunatic. We got the legend. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Or it's true. But those see- that, that seems far less likely than the other. Right, thing. yeah. Let's try to rule out some of those other ones first before we yeah. even give that a passing glance. Yeah, so let's see which of these seems right as we keep going. Okay. So it turns out we're going to be talking about two different sources, Spartan 1 and Spartan 2. Those are the nicknames she gave them. So she, as you might expect, she met Spartan Oh, no. I was going to say, as you might expect, she met Spartan 1 first, but that's not true. She met Spartan 2 first. <laughs> hmm. so, so she meets this one guy, and she was being a very good reporter. She said, well, I can't just take all this as gospel unless someone else confirms it. Do you know anyone else who might confirm it? And he said, yes, Spartan 1, but obviously said Spartan One's real name. Mm-hmm. And she said, great. And then she went to Spartan One and was like, hey, Spartan Two said he's been to the moon and Antarctica and Mars, and they all have the same architecture. Can you confirm that? And Spartan One was like, yes. <laughs> As Carrie said that, her eyes did this quick little like glancing aside like, oh, this is fun. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that's why not? Not? How, not how you ask. That's a leading question. That's leading the witness. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And okay, I'm, I'm not going to think too hard about the Spartan One, Spartan Two thing. Did they give themselves these names? No, I think she did. Okay, but then she started the naming when she met the second one. And right. she said, well, shoot, I've already called you Spartan <laughs> 1, I guess, chronologically. No, he's... she met Spartan 2 first. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, though. My brain can't do this. I think she later determined that Spartan 1 was the person who had more experience. The more primary source. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's so fair. He's that's one. fair. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so so she's talking to these two guys who, first of all, like, are friends. Like, it's very obvious these two guys know each other. Which essentially collapses two sources into one source. Correct, exactly. So she's she promises them secrecy because they're afraid for their lives. They could only communicate through FedEx. Um, <laughs> it's got Fed right in the title. <laughs> oh, they're ex-Feds! <gasps> <gasps> Oh, there's nothing to attach significance. All right. All right. So she decides, oh my God, there's too big a story here. This is what my whole life has been leading toward. I need to make a documentary about Spartan One and Spartan Two. So so she says, I got all the money together. I paid for it myself. And I booked the rooms and I flew them out. Mm -hmm. I meet them in these rooms. And she says, and I was the only cameraman. I was the only crew. It is the hardest thing I have ever done. Oh, I've seen a little bit of this footage. They're both kind of backlit. So you can't see their faces. They're obscured. And they're just like dudes wearing baseball caps, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And t-shirts. Yeah. I'll tell you a little more about the film, but that's that's a good summation. And, you know, bad audio. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Like, I don't, I don't know that I could make something even that well by myself, but we're not talking fine art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So she starts showing us some clips from this movie, which, by the way, you can see on Amazon Prime. Ooh. Um, I think it's $3 to rent. <laughs> so she's pointing at one of the sources, and she's like, this is, this is Spartan 1. And right before we met to shoot this, he tells me that a guy in all black shows up to his door 
and holds him at gunpoint. Whoa. So okay. she didn't actually see this, but Spartan 1 told her afterward. Okay. And this guy says to Spartan 1, never speak to Linda Moulton. How? Okay. So Spartan 1 is dead now because he did talk to Linda Moulton. How? No. He, so there's a little bit of a twist. Is he in jail? Nope. Okay. Interesting. No. He suffered serious consequences of some other sort? Maybe, but probably not. All right. Here's what done happened. Real credible threat. Spartan one says to Linda as he's telling this story, I have been trained to kill anyone in under 10 seconds. So I punched him in the jugular and he dropped to the ground and I told him to crawl away. <laughs> that right. didn't happen. Yeah. And that's Spartan not that- one. That's not Do how you that... just have a crush on Linda Moulton now and you're bragging now? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> None of that is, is how that works. So, okay, you punch the guy. You show him that in hand-to-hand combat, you can take him down. Great. They can kill you many other ways. <laughs> right. They work for the government. If they wanted you dead, you'd be dead. Right. They, they want to play by Queensbury rules. Yes, Queensbury rules. You know, like where you put your dukes up and you hold proper stance. and oh, there'll be no there's punch- a name for that. Okay. There'll be no punching below the belt. Ah, and- right. Okay, okay. You don't want to be the first to shoot, et cetera. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, They're yeah. not going to obey these rules of engagement. Right, okay. That's yeah, somehow going to protect him because he knows how to take someone down in under 10 seconds. And yet, that's what happens. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so Linda says, now... Spartan 1 and Spartan 2, they show up at this hotel room and they brought six guns and they told me to get on the ground if anyone came through the window. And everyone goes, <gasps> no one comes through the window in the story, but okay. but they apparently showed up with guns. Now, Scary how, if accurate. How would you describe the furnishings in the hotel? Were they... Spartan? (laughs) Actually, yes. Okay. It was pretty empty. Hey, all right. So as an aside, she says, now, you know, I I must say these were really reputable sources. I checked them many times. And in fact, originally Spartan One told me his rank in the Marines and I went to check and that rank doesn't exist. (laughs) Uh, So I had to go back and retest him and ask him new questions to make sure he hadn't lied. And he said, oh, yeah, gosh, I don't even know why I said that. It must have just been the slip of the mind. No, I had this other rank. And that was a real one. That was her test. Oh, you were you were doing so well. Yeah. It's like she has she has like three quarters of the concept and then right. just doesn't deliver. Yeah. Knowing half a thing. Yeah. Can be pretty dangerous. Poor thing. Okay, so one of the main things she learned from Spartan 1 and Spartan 2 is that there are structures under Antarctica that were built before the ice came. So uh, Spartan 1 reported that he had to actually go extract a scientist who was stuck under the ice as part of his job, his secret job with the Marines. Ross, you look confused. Well, yeah. As I recall, she keeps talking about the timeline of Antarctica being like 35 million years old, this ancient time when these things were built. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm, the scientist, mm -hmm, is this mm -hmm, scientist from 35 million years ago, or is this a more recent scientist mm -hmm. who came to icy Antarctica and got stuck there? Great Q's, no A's. All right. Mm. Okay. I'm not sure. But when he dug under the ice and found the scientist, the scientist didn't want to leave. And Spartan One had to just give up on the project of extracting him. 
Because, mm. uh, yeah, how long had the scientists been there? Did the scientists, when dug out, say like, oh, actually, I've got a great thing going here. See, I have a food source. Yeah, there's uh, a whole society under here. I'm happy. Come on down. Getting my work done. And I've been here for maybe 30 30- <laughs> Getting my work done. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Well, he's a scientist. Yeah, no, Clearly, that's totally. going to be important. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where he's publishing his research. But... I, I could use some vitamin D supplements, but otherwise I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. How long has he been there? Has he been there two months? Has he been there 35 million years? We don't know. Uh, yeah, I really don't Just know. trying to picture the scenario. And it's, it's possible that she answered that question. There's sure. so much info flying. Sure. Um, okay, so she says that she learned from Spartan One that advanced intelligences are working at the molecular level to make every single thing on Earth. And in Antarctica, this is a direct quote I wrote down because I did not understand it. In Antarctica, a room is like being in a computer that will self-program forever. Yeah, okay, that will remain a mystery. <laughs> I, I So I what I'm kind of picturing is... You're kind of in like a dreamlike world where everything just keeps getting recreated because someone's making it over and over, maybe? It's a holodeck? Yeah, holodeck, sure. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I've got to insert here that all of this Antarctica stuff sounds reminiscent of the one H.P. Lovecraft book that I've actually read, At the Mountains of Madness. Oh, okay. Oh, great title. Yeah. So essentially, you have this group that goes down to Antarctica to explore, and it turns out that there is this ancient civilization there, and these giant megalithic stone structures, and they find their way in there, and it turns out that there are these aliens from H.P. Lovecraft's collection of nasty, brutish, destroying aliens, and they start eviscerating everybody. But it's just, it's so smacks of that. Everything mm-hmm. she describes with discovering all of these caverns and buildings and structures and civilization oh, right. hidden in Antarctica. And, and so I was thinking that. And then somebody sent us an article after the Conscious Life Expo and said, hey, this is an interesting write-up. And the author of that article also made that point that this sounded derivative uh, of At the Mountains of Madness. So I just thought it was kind of interesting. That was the one book I had read. Oh, right. And saw that similarity. That's interesting. It reminds me of, uh, there's a researcher named Joan Nickel, mm-hmm. who uh, one of his great accomplishments is tracking the way that our perception of aliens has changed, especially in American culture, right. from like 1930-ish on. And it's clearly driven by pop culture. Right. This is when the episode of The Outer Limits came out. Then the Betty and Barney Hill mm-hmm. abduction happened. Mm-hmm. And- Betty and Barney and their dog. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, don't tell me. It starts, it starts with a D. A D. <laughs> I- D- Darla? That's not it, but it's something like that. I'm impressed. Uh- Delphi? That I said D and you also said D. Delula? Destitute? Wait, I almost had it for a second. Delbin, Del... It's a girl. Okay. Betty, Hill, Dog, Search, Delcy. Delcy! Okay. Delcy Hill. Hey. Forgotten Delcy Hill. Well, not forgotten anymore. Anyways, you know, it was very clear afterwards, like, oh, they saw that episode of The Outer Limits, and they're describing the aliens they saw there. Exactly. These things are self-referential, and you don't have to be lying to crib. Right. It's just living in your head. This is now what your brain goes to when it's trying to build a picture of aliens, Mm -hmm. and every time we access our memories, they get a little corrupted by all of those media influences 
uh, Susan Clancy used the term culturally available explanations, Mm -hmm. which I think is really powerful for situations like that. Yeah. So Antarctica was created in an instant with an advanced computer. Did you know that? Well, now I do. Yeah, cool. In an instant. In an instant. So at this point, Russell Brand is next door and he is very loud. And he's joking and clapping and everybody's, woo, did it then. And she's got this very quiet intensity. So it's a real uncomfortable contrast. You would have preferred maybe more of a faint rustling. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I would. (laughs) It took me a second to understand, but yes. Spartan One also reported that he would disappear and reappear when he was in Antarctica. And if he touched anything, uh, his hand would move through it and it would become a portal. And then he'd walk through the portal into a world unlike ours. No scientist on his team could figure out what the walls were made of. It was some black basalt that we don't have on this planet, Ross. How does he know that? How do you know it's basalt without it being basalt? We've got that. you been to the giant's causeway like how do you know what what does that mean it's just a thing you can say (sighs) Uh, also even if we didn't know a thing like new species of animals are discovered every week if we just didn't know that doesn't mean anything statement to make it's just just, meaningless 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 anyway she she said that one of the things she kept hearing about were the markings on the doors there were these circular ancient suns that were carved on the doors and she pulls one up and she says now you might find that it reminds you of the Nazis. And she pulls it up, and indeed it does remind me of the Nazis, Ross. Is it a swastika? This is because it is a swastika. (laughs) Oh, no! Not again! (laughs) It's not a... I want to say it's not a perfect swastika. Not that any swastika is perfect. (laughs) It's not exactly a swastika. It is very close. Like, the feet, if you will, of the swastika are more connected Okay. But it's a goddamn swastika. Why? Why? Because these dudes, I think, are out carrying Carrie and are like, we are throwing you a bone, Linda. So you can say, this is ridiculous. Right. Why are you punking me? Right. But you don't need to throw racism into it, guys. But yeah, I think they were just really having a laugh. Hey, if they're Lovecraft fans, we've already got Mm. plenty of racism. Oh, is that true? Oh, H.P. Lovecraft was an insane racist. Oh, shit. Well, if you are Spartan 1 or Spartan 2 listening to this, email us. Yes. We want to know you. (laughs) Indeed. But prove you are Spartan 1 or Spartan 2. Uh Oh, Oh, we'll figure it out. Um So, yes. Okay, so Spartan One said he actually had photos of these doors. Okay. Hey, yeah. Linda, great, hard evidence. This is amazing. Can't yes. wait. We are ready. And she says, and so he didn't have them with him, but he recreated them in drawings. Nope. Not good enough. <laughs> Go get them. Yeah. How about we don't have any more conversation until you show me those photos. Go get them. Oh, you already came out here from your home? Have your wife fax them. Yeah, or you go get them. We can resume this conversation later. Because so far, there has been zero evidence of anything you are saying. She starts showing us these drawings that are based on the photos that he took in Antarctica. So one is a star map. Spartan 2 was the one who showed it to her, but then she showed it to Spartan 1, and he said he recognized it. (laughs) So there (laughs) 
So there you go. Nope, nope, not verified. So she starts showing us this art that she has commissioned to like fill in the gaps of his sketches. It's just like, oh, hon, stop paying money for this. Don't do his work for him. Right. Hmm. Oh, man. But they were, just to give a shout out to the artist, Volker Springle of Australia had made most of the art. Okay. The uh, star map thing also reminds me of Betty Hill. Yeah, totally. Well, Betty Hill just drew a dick. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> she she too was like, you got to believe this? Yeah. You are. Wow. Amazing. So the, the star maps were generated by the extraterrestrials. And as he was showing her these maps, there was a weird um, humming sound, I guess. Like she heard someone going, hum. I don't know. She felt that was notable. So then Spartan 1 implied to her, she said, that he had photos and or sketches of the door under Antarctica with the star map, but he wasn't ready to show them to her yet. Let me know when you're ready. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's when you should give this talk. I feel like there really is an important link in this chain of like how you get from bad information sources to conferences like this. You know, it takes someone to say these things and draw these things and do these things, but it takes someone else to take them seriously. Mm -hmm. And you were just making the point that, you know, like with Betty Hill, like, hey, I drew a penis made of stars. Are you going to call me on it? Are you? No, I guess you're not. Okay. And I think maybe that's the more important thing that's missing is just people being willing to say, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, oh, this is totally how religions get formed. Yeah, and we just cults. need people to be able to say, huh, not buying it. I think of uh, Warren Jeffs, who, who led the FLDS, who at one point while I was in prison, someone visited him, and there is prison camera footage of him saying, I'm not the prophet. I never was. Wow. And the guy's like, you are the prophet. You're having a bad time. And within like a week, Warren Jeffs is like, yeah, I was a yeah, sure. I was going through a thing. I'm the prophet. That's interesting. That's such an explicit call for help. Mm-hmm. And I feel like kind of with what you were saying earlier, I feel like this even happened with L. Ron Hubbard, where mm-hmm. like you'll say something so absurd where it, it is that call for help. Like, hey, please, somebody just like call me on it. Bring me back to the world of facts. Oh, you're not going to? Oh, I guess I just discovered a new limitless, you know, extension of my ability to say Anything. Yeah. Anything I want. All right. Okay, so she pulls up the star map, and she's like, and, you know, I had to verify this, so I looked at it, and I matched it up with Orion, and she pulls up a picture of Orion. Okay. The constellation. Yeah, just like Deborah King was looking at. Okay. And it's similar. It's similar. Okay. Okay, but not that similar. I wouldn't have noticed the connection. Maybe that's what Orion looked like 35 million years ago. Well, don't worry. She had an explanation. Uh She says, these three stars here, they almost match up. And at first I thought, oh, this has to be made up because it doesn't match. But then I realized... They're coming from the other way. Oh, okay. The- so I flipped it 180 degrees. Girl, no. what? 
okay, there's no up or down in space. I mean, yes, you might come from, quote, the other way, like a different angle. Yeah. But it's not 180 degrees from the two-dimensional representation <laughs> you happen to be looking at. Right. Yeah, that's meaningless. You could do it with uh-huh. the, the same number of dots. You could configure in almost infinite ways and say, oh, yeah, it's just a, a move to a different angle and location. Yeah, all it shows is the limits of the human mind to use pictures oh this is so sad so she she knows verification is important but she doesn't know how to verify anything right correct Uh, she wants it to be true and so then she bends over backwards to make it true and because it must be very uncomfortable to think these two guys might just be pulling a laugh on you that and that you spent a bunch of money on them they've become your friends over three years yeah so now there's a sunk cost fallacy Mm -hmm. of a friendship of money of time of effort exactly oh poor linda I know, and I'm doing it to her, too, and she's got it in her hand. Oh, no. Um, But don't worry. I won't let it go on three years. Okay. Or let her pay me money. Okay, so then she says she... she <laughs> God. So she starts telling us about another source she has. It's this guy that she'll call the Big Seal because he is an active Navy SEAL, and I guess he's like her big source from that uh, branch of the military. Hmm. So the big seal sends her email through something called Proton Mail. And Proton Mail is this email service that just sort of jumps through a lot of hoops to encrypt your email for you. It makes it just a little tougher to find the IP address of the person who sent it. Okay. So she says, you got to see what I got on Proton Mail from the big seal. And she she pulls it up, and it's an email from this guy who says that submarines can actually go much deeper than two miles, and they can access the places in Antarctica. And then she said, and I did check his credentials, but I can't show you. Okay. Hmm. All right. But she did. Okay. Anyway, the big seal told her that anything that she wants to know, she should just check Google Earth for. Google Earth has all the secrets. Well, hey. Okay. And- those aren't secrets. Yeah. <laughs> That's the definition of a secret. Mm. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly things have shown up on Google Earth that later on governments say, oh, can you remove that? Oh, uh, okay. I, say, I mean, mm, fair I enough. Kind of see everything from a satellite view. That's all. That's a yeah. whole new way of working. Yeah. But if it has all the secrets, let's stop this talk and go there and <laughs> go look pull at it up. Google Earth. Hey, you've got a projector right now. Pull it up on your. Thing. I mean, it's got all the secrets from one angle and distance. Uh, right. Right. But you just flip it 180 and then you can see what the aliens (laughs) see. There you go. So she starts pulling up these images that she's pulled up on Google Earth. And my heart kind of sank for her at this moment. She was like, like, look at these. Look at this picture. Look at this strange underwater structure off the Ross Sea. Hey. (laughs) There's a Ross Sea and a Ross Ice Shelf in Antarctica. And an island. Yep. Doing pretty well down in Antarctica, if I do say so myself. (laughs) So she shows us this image and she's like, look at this rectangular structure. And it's like just she's blown it up huge and it is pixelated mist. It just is like that's uh, you're looking at. You're like, this is it's like fog. You're looking at water. It's not a hard structure. It's nothing. And I think because it was pixelated, she's seeing the hard barriers of the pixel. Here we go again with the face on Mars. Right. It's a pareidolia is yeah. the, the name of the phenomenon where you see random information or low res information and you interpolate interesting, more specific information from it. Your brain is so good at generating patterns, especially people's faces. That's kind of the first thing yeah. we learn to recognize and respond to. Yeah. And that's why we'll see like ghosts in photography. 
Jesus and toast is the famous example. Yeah. But so now I'm like starting to just feel bad for her. You know, this is just so silly. And like, how many of us are buying this? You know, I don't know. Anyway, then she just suddenly tells us that the big seal's name is Mark. So she's not really great at protecting these sources, which will come up again. Hmm. He's a, a Georgia Tech grad. He has a master's from somewhere else, she says. That's how we know he's for real. I have a master's from somewhere else. Hey. Hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. She keeps showing us these pictures. I, I wrote down a bunch of examples of them, but I won't make you sit through them. But just, you know, a bunch of things that I was like, okay, that could be anything or that's that's just definitely a cloud. Uh, but are like very, very persuasive to her and seem to be persuasive to other people in the room somehow. Right. There's always that moment of looking around to your Confederates in the audience right. like, okay, you guys are, oh, you, you. She's right. blown her cover. She's a kick. No. You're buying oh. it. All right. Yeah. So she did tell us that the whistleblowers can't figure out why the ice in Antarctica is melting. And I just want to raise my hand and say, well, I can tell you. I can tell you why ice is melting. There's a very simple answer to this. Global warming. It's climate change, yes. But they're still trying to figure it out. (laughs) Oh, this is why we can't have nice things. (laughs) Um, She shows us another face. She's like, look at this large Asian face on the side of a mountain. And it's like, it didn't even look like a face to me. I don't think I have a strong pareidolia response. But... Like, then when I tried to picture what she was seeing, I was like, oh, okay, because, like, the eyes were more, like, almond-shaped or whatever. I was just like, oh, girl, what are you doing? Okay, so as she's wrapping up, she's like, now, just think about this. Have you ever heard coverage of any of this? And everyone's like, no. Yeah. And I can join in that chorus, correct? She's like, do you see The Guardian, NBC, CBS, CNN? Do you see them? Covering what is happening in Antarctica. We're like, no. No, lamestream media. (laughs) Yeah, you got us there. And she says, so who is having control of these gag orders? Who is keeping us silent about this huge discovery? I know. And she says she wants to go to Antarctica herself like you were mentioning. Yeah. And she has asked her sources if she can go, but she was told that she can't, that they're really strict on it. It sounded like she asked Spartan 1 or Spartan 2, though. Yeah. Of course they're going to say no. It's a highly restricted entrance. Cool. We'll go there and video the guards turning you away. Yeah, yeah, that would would be interesting. That would be interesting. That'd be something. Yeah, you know what? If you're listening to this and you do have some sort of access where you could help Linda Moulton Howe Get in in Australia, in Australia. God damn it, in Antarctica because Australia doesn't exist. Tell us, email us. We'll try to hook it up. Yeah. Now, granted, getting around Antarctica is not easy. It's not easy. I have a friend who just went there recently, and she did a an artist residency program uh, at McMurdo Station. And yeah, super awesome. She's working on a comic about the Scott expeditions. Mm -hmm. And very much, it was all controlled by the weather, where you could go, which Mm -hmm. day, and Mm -hmm. you needed escorts. Because it's a dangerous place to be, Mm -hmm. because it's very cold. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. So yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be easy for her to navigate around and maybe she could spin that as being her being kept out of these places yeah true but i bet i wouldn't be too surprised if someone listening to this is like i kind of know the steps to make this happen okay you know we have a lot of smarty pantses any of you former navy seals out there (laughs) are you a fed (laughs) x um oh ross okay 
What, what the fuck? What? Oh, well, I guess this... Okay. I felt my face flush as I read my own notes, and I kind of had a woozy... <laughs> I'm okay. What is happening? So she said, this was before the coronavirus had made big news, at least here in the States. Yeah? But it was this... big news internationally. Yeah, but early February. Yeah, she said extraterrestrials can eradicate coronavirus in a snap. They live in Antarctica, but we refuse to let them save us. Whoa, so you were writing the word coronavirus before it was really even in your head. Yeah. As a thing. Well, I mean, I was following the international news. It just wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a present fear for me. Right. You know, so this didn't sing as loud in my head. Okay. Wow, Linda. Wow. We got to find those ETs. Yeah, why aren't they coming out to help us? Right? Uh, the iPhone may have been rewired so our society could be manipulated, by the way. Let uh, me look that up on my iPhone. <laughs> these are just some things she was saying toward the end, just so we'd know. Just a little extra info. If we all knew what she knows, we wouldn't be so optimistic. Oh. I know. Kind of sad, right? And she said she gets so much information, it's often dangerous. And she's still holding my fucking card in her hand. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Not looking at it. That's wild. I know. She said, we are in the last democracy that stands. The U.S. has the biggest population and the largest democracy. And if we could just get this headline out that says we're not alone in the universe, it would be the first global truth in five million years. So I took out my phone and Googled, we are not alone in the universe. And there were like a bajillion hits from large outlets because no. astronomers have been saying that forever. Yeah. Anyway, so she she finished up uh, and she said, I love you. And she reached out to us with both of her arms. And there was a huge swell of applause and a standing ovation. And then she said, she rushed back up to the microphone. And she said, oh, by the way, I'm giving a talk about zinc on Monday. <laughs> and she never opened my note. Truly from A to Z, from Antarctica to zinc. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey. Ross, you look like you have something you want to say. Oh, no, I was just thinking it was amazing how she went from saying, if you knew everything I knew, you wouldn't be so optimistic, to standing ovation, arms outstretched. <laughs> I love you I all. I love you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always kind of admire someone who can end on a pessimistic note because I can't do it. I feel like when I'm giving a talk or sharing something, I'm not ready to do it until I'm ready to give you some beacon of hope. Right, some takeaway, an action item, a sense of the bright future yeah. that will come from this knowledge. Yeah, it's like uh, resolving the chord in music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a little more happened that I'll tell you about. But before I do, I I was thinking about that image that Linda Moulton House showed us where there was sort of like a, a rectangular space in her Google Earth image yeah. that she thought was some sort of structure. What would you call that kind of a structure? Oh, uh, let's see. Okay, so did it have straight edges relatively? Because of the pixels, but yes. And were they vaguely at least equidistant? Yeah, more or less. And, and were the angles also all 90 degree angles? Mm-hmm. Well, mm -hmm. to me, is I'm, I'm not an expert on it, this kind of thing, but I would call that a square. Okay. And it's, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's filling space, so it would be like a square space. Yes. Okay, yeah. That's kind of what I want to call it. And, yeah. And it's funny, like, as we're saying that, I'm remembering something. I think this episode is actually sponsored in part by Squarespace. You mean that place where you can make your website dream a reality? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh, wow. That is what I mean. It is a government secret mm -hmm. that that is where you can turn your dream 
into a reality no matter what you do for work. Well, hey, we're going to blow that wide open and share it with our audience mm-hmm. because they'll keep it a secret amongst Don't themselves. Tell anyone. But you know what? Sometimes a dream is just a great idea that doesn't yet have a website. A dream is a great idea that doesn't have a website, website yet. yet. <laughs> so make that dream a reality with Squarespace. You can create a beautiful website to blog or publish content, promote your physical or online business, announce an upcoming event or special project, or tell people about the new information you just uncovered from a secret source that you verified. Yeah. You could do that. Squarespace gives you access to beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Whoa. Yes. Like the same designers who create things in Antarctica? Or create drawings of photos of star maps. It's world-class. They have powerful e-commerce functionality. Nice. They have a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. You want Dot Horse? You got it. Also, 24-7 award-winning customer support. But I think the coolest thing is you can go to Squarespace and actually start building a site. See if you like the tools. Try it out. You don't have to pay just yet. You can actually start your project. Make sure you like it. Yeah, and then say, oh, okay, yeah, I'm ready to pull the trigger on this. And when you do, that's when you're going to use our promo code. Yes, so check out squarespace.com slash oh no for your free trial. And then when you're ready to actually launch, that's when you'll use the offer code oh no and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Because then they'll say, oh, we know who your source was. Mm-hmm. It was Carrie Poppy. And Ross Blotcher. And that establishes the link, the chain. And so you help support us. You also get an awesome website that you built uh, that looks amazing. And you can convince someone you're a government agent. And then you'll be speaking at Conscious Life Expo. And we'll In like be, two years. <laughs> and we'll be talking about you yeah. on, on this podcast. That's right. Go ahead and do it. So... The next day was Sunday, February 9th, and Linda Moulton Howe, as far as I know, has still not opened my goddamn note. I, I hovered in that room, too, but there was only so long I could do that without it being weird. I would love if she just carried it around with her to the restaurant, <laughs> home, and just all day long. Keeps it's gesturing with it. <laughs> <laughs> she starts, uh, I don't know, spackling a wall with it. I mean, at that point, I'd be like, good on you. Now you're pulling one over on me. <laughs> Good for you, LMH. Yeah, now it's a bit, and it's turned around. Now it's become funny. Oh, I just realized we've probably mentioned this before, but LMH and LRH, very close. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so the next day, there was a panel called UFO Panel, colon, ET Contact and Consciousness. And guess who was on it? Linda Moulton Howe. Linda Moulton Howe. Now, of course, I was really just there to hear Linda and partly to see if I had had any effect on her thinking in these last 24 hours via a note. But just to give a little bit of do, what are you doing right now? <laughs> I'm working on my Linda Moulton Howe dance. It's, you know, it's like oh, that YMCA, okay. but so we got You're spelling L- out L-M-H. That's, that's yeah. the best I can do for an H. Exclamation point. It's a, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You guys can't see it, but I can. But just to give the other panelists a little bit of their due, here's who else was on it. Uh, Serena Wright-Taylor was the moderator. She is an ET experiencer. Okay. Mary Rodwell, who's a counselor, hypnotherapist, speaker on multidimensional and hybrid beings. Ooh. Mm. Paula Harris, a photojournalist and investigative reporter on ET phenomena. Daniel Sheehan, a Harvard-trained constitutional and public interest lawyer. 
Hmm. Yes, I have not double checked any of this, by the way. Barry Littleton, who has physically been on an extraterrestrial craft. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Barbara Lamb, a hypnotherapist, regression therapist, ET researcher, and a person who has done over 2,000 regressions for ET experiences. Oh, wow. Okay. This all sounds interesting. And Steve Mara, UK's most respected researcher in the realms of ufology. He's also the head tutor for the British Investigators Training Course in Anomalous Phenomena and UFOs. I'm trying to think from the outset which one of those people is probably causing the most harm. <laughs> oh, I have a choice. Yeah. I Just would, based on description. I would say, yeah, based on the description, it's the person who's conducted all the hypnotherapy sessions. Agree. Barbara <laughs> Lamb. Uh, but... Who knows? Okay, so I wish I could tell you guys every question and every answer. It was so much fun to go to this thing, but I showed up so you don't have to. So some of this will just live in my heart. But I do want to tell <laughs> you uh, what Linda said and a few of my favorite uh, notable quotables. So the first question was a great one was, what are the ET's main message for us? Yeah. Great. Okay, so. And why can't they just spell it out in the sky on their own? Yeah. We couldn't stop them. Yeah, good point. Okay, but yes, what are they trying to tell us? There are good panels and there are bad panels, Ross. Aww. And there are good moderators and not as strong moderators. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes a person thinks, oh, it's my turn to speak. Now, <laughs> I will just say whatever comes to my mind, mm-hmm. lose track of the question that's been asked, mm-hmm. and just know that I am sort of famous. All right. And that's going to be my moment. <laughs> I'm going to soak in this moment is that linda i would say that was most of this panel (laughs) okay so she says what are the et's main message for us and the first note i am able to get down with my little hand is paula's answer that there are 57 known species of extraterrestrials they watch the ecology of our planet they walk around in the water they Interesting, but not a message. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then I'm just going to show you my notes when Barbara begins talking. Half of my page is just me trying to find the answer to what our ET's main message for us from Barbara. But all her info comes from regression work. And in regression, sometimes the beings come through and she's done 4,000 regressions. And there are many different types of beings. And there's probably about 60. And they uh, they have one agenda. But the others, they show great caring about the earth and the people they meet. And well, she started in 1991. And everyone was terrified of them then. But now they have such caring encounters. And often they'll physically heal the experiencer. Or maybe they have cancer and that gets better. Maybe they have a broken bone and that's good heals. But anyway, humans have et genetics and the hybrids are here and they're going to help humanity evolve so finally what is the message (laughs) yes finally the moderator actually interrupts her so thank you serena and it's like you know i just want to just want to finish up just a couple couple more seconds there (laughs) uh so finally barbara sums up they want us to join the galactic federation all right okay fine at least that's a goal thank you barbara i haven't gotten my recruitment card yet (laughs) Yeah, right. So Steve had the most plain, direct answer. He said, well, it depends on which ones you ask, but um, I've been involved in a lot of very secret research, and a lot of them talk about unity, equilibrium, and they want us to save the Earth. Boring, but thank you for answering the question, Steve. exactly. It just reminds me of one of those kind of um, like beauty pageant contests, the stereotypical answer is- Many don't have access to maps, and- 
I won't. <laughs> well, I was thinking of the stereotypical, uh, you know, I want world peace. Oh, like, yes. That's very good. Thank yes. you for saying that. You know, oh, the aliens want us all to live in harmony and be happy. That's great. How do we do that? Little Jimmy, who is your favorite president? Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> right. Very good. Why? <laughs> good. He freed the slaves. Oh. Okay. It's Sunday school. Who made the earth? Jesus. Jesus. Okay, and who loves you very much? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it was that. So then Daniel Sheehan, oh my God, that guy, such a confusing speaker. So many diversions per sentence. No idea what he thinks the aliens may message is. <laughs> but, but he did ramble for several minutes about Jesuits. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to watch out for the Jesuits because no, they're smart. Uh, he's pro Jesuit. I think he teaches at a Jesuit school. Oh, never mind. I thought because I've heard so many conspiracy theories, like oh. our man Dylan Lewis Monroe. Oh, sure. He often talks about. Oh, I learned about the Jesuits. Oh, man, ah. they're be- they're behind so many things. Okay, but he was pro Jesuit. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like Jesuit is also just one of those words that like sounds a, a little secretive or whatever to some oh, people. Yeah. It just like has little like, Opus Day, maybe. Yeah, kind of the inside track of the Catholic Church, right? It's like, like you kind of feel its Latin roots in the word or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, next we've got Linda, and she just dives right into her personal autobiography. And how? Why answer the question when you can tell us that 41 years ago you started looking into animal mutations and there were no tracks around those animals? And some people said they'd been taken up a beat to the light. And the police department was telling her <laughs> privately that it was ETs. And now she's sitting in front of us and she can't believe where her life has gone. And when she heard, the moderator asked this question. She just saw a kaleidoscope of answers, literally. So Okay, I, we're getting somewhere. Uh, so she starts rambling a little bit, and then she says, there is an eight-foot-tall praying mantis who is in charge of all the other ETs. And I'm like, Linda! We have been burying the lead all weekend. <laughs> this is so perfect for the you never know what will come out of her face. <laughs> this time it was an eight-foot praying mantis that is in Girl. charge of all the other aliens. That is so much more interesting than anything you've ever said. I mean, why have a talk about zinc when you know about this alien? <laughs> And I start picturing this wonderful eight foot tall praying mantis with its little tiny arms <laughs> bossing everybody around, eating its. Uh, does is the praying mantis one of those? That, the like, woman eats, eats the head of the yeah. man after they copulate. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, I need to know more. And you saw a kaleidoscope of answers. This one didn't just jump to the top of your list. <laughs> anyway. She says, uh, but the most important thing that the praying mantis wants us to know is that we need to translate into the light. It's vital that the souls stay with the bodies for a specific amount of time. If you're killed too early, the praying mantis will save you and put your soul in a new cloned body in Australia. What? What? (laughs) The praying mantis will clone your body (laughs) and put it in Australia? (laughs) Yeah. And save Linda, your soul? why are you doing talks about Antarctica? <laughs> and how did we get a whole new religion just within the span of your answer? Uh, and then she said, <laughs> and I guess my final sentence is, which, first oh, of all. Yeah, what is what it? What a weird way to talk. But 
second of all, as soon as I heard it, I was like, I'm going to count the sentences after this. Yes. And then I wrote one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven long sentences. Wow. Um, okay. Mm. Linda, and Linda, Linda. Then Barry was next and he said, oh, I have to follow that up. <laughs> Indeed. Touche, Barry. There's a lot of entertainment value there. The, at least at least she did have, there was an answer in there embedded somewhere. About... <laughs> an amazing one. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like when someone writes a memoir and they don't know which elements of their own life are interesting. Mm, mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's like, oh, two chapters about your mom's piano. Amazing. And then chapter three will be like, you know, I, I was also told that I was a child prodigy in math and I was sent to Quebec for a summer. But anyway, what? 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 That's what? That's actually interesting. You brushed right over that. I feel like that about this. Uh, yeah. And just mantis. with all of this talk about the aliens and the Galactic Council and all the contact they're making that all they can come away with are vague platitudes that any one of us <laughs> could generate. This praying mantis in charge of everybody is like, you gotta translate into the light. What? That doesn't even mean anything is he to me. a literal praying mantis? I think or so. Does he just look like one? I think did he come from I, Earth? And he's eight foot tall praying mantis is in charge. Is what I wrote down. How does his exoskeleton manage <laughs> his internal <laughs> organs? Because they're not made to even be able to breathe at that size. I have so many questions. Okay. Uh, well, maybe she'll be on the show to answer them sometime. Please, Linda. Oh, please, please come on the show, Linda. We love you so much. So Barry then gave his his answer. Uh, well, first, you know, he's like, oh, I can't believe I have to follow that up. I'm sitting between the two people I've admired the longest, which Aww. was uh, Linda and Mary Rodwell. But OK, he said the most important thing they want us to know is that the age of the Earth isn't known. We we need to do like a better job figuring out the age. Oh, of the okay. OK. Got to go back to the drawing board on the age of the Earth. Not yeah. 4.55 billion years old. Right. Okay. Uh, he didn't mention like 6,000 or anything that would set off a light bulb in my head, but... Probably going the opposite direction. It's way Yeah, older. that'd be my guess. Hmm. Like L. Ron Hubbard did. Also interesting that all of these people are talking to the aliens and the aliens are giving them inconsistent messages mm-hmm. that are the most important messages. Oh, right. Three people have answered the question, and they've answered it in different ways. Ah, uh, true. Though, I guess, like, if someone asked you, what's Carrie's most important message? It could differ Ella from- Ella is a from, good girl. <laughs> from Drew's, oh, never mind. <laughs> you would both say the same thing. He did tell us that the ships that he's been on are made of fungus. Well, that is sustainable. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. Well, yeah. Sustainable in the um, environmental sense, yeah. not sustainable in the ship sense. <laughs> no, but hey, I'm glad they're using fungus instead of, say, plastic. Yeah, oh, definitely. Boy, then Mary talked, and oh, I don't even know what she was trying to get across, but something about kids getting a lot of autism and ADHD. The, the aliens want us to figure that situation out. Because, mm. oh, the mantis. So she knew about the mantis, too. Oh, wow. The mantis is a master geneticist. <gasps> and something He's is- so talented. <laughs> something is happening right now, and children are at the forefront. I want to know more about this mantis. Oh, and kids with ADHD and autism are wired better. It's not something to be corrected. Okay. Hmm. 
Okay. Well, that's better than say that vaccine fear of yes. oh my child dying is uh, is a happier thought than them getting autism. Right, you right. Know, it's just so and awful. Neurodivergent. Yeah. Okay. So now we get audience questions. Excellent. So we had been able to write our questions on little cards, okay. and then someone came around and collected them. I did fill one out. So one question was, when is everyone going to get to meet these aliens? Which was great. I felt like oh. Gosh, yes. I, I rarely hear that answered. Only Mary really responded. She said that the shift is coming. I'm not sure that she actually expressly said this, but I got the impression she was saying, like, in our generation, like, we're going to see the aliens. I feel like now there needs to be a rule. New rule. Every time <laughs> somebody says, I predict X vaguely within our lifetimes, you have to also say, but if this does not happen by the year blank, mm-hmm. in which they should still be alive, I will admit I was wrong. Right. Totally. So then or you, could you just... can put it on my headstone if I am wrong about this. Yeah. 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 And then we could just have a, a list, you know, and keep a nice little Wikipedia mm-hmm. entry. And okay, how's the date doing? Oh, it's now 2022. Okay, you're wrong. You're wrong. Say it. Say it. You're mm-hmm. wrong. Okay, good. You admit mm-hmm. it. You're wrong. Okay, next. You're wrong. Right. Yeah, it's unfalsifiable otherwise. Exactly. Or close to unfalsifiable. Someone asked Paula what happened at Mount Shasta, which must be part of her personal origin story, hmm. but I hadn't heard it. And she she said, um, it's, it's very, very personal. So um, I'm going to be brief, but um, I went to Peru and I talked to people and a Guatemalan man said a spaceman wanted to meet me. And I went to Mount Shasta and I meditated and I fasted for three days. And Wait, um, is Mount Shasta, that's in California. Mm-hmm, it's in Redding. Okay, so she was in South America. All right. Well. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. All right. But so she meditated and fasted for three days. She had this very spiritual and loving contact. She said she hated it. Hmm. Which is confusing, spiritual and loving, but she hated it. She said it was really cold. And then she said she hates camping. <laughs> We got to teach you all to tell stories. Ooh, yeah. So next question was, should there be a diplomacy initiative for extraterrestrials? Okay. Yeah, okay. And Daniel was like, no, you should never hand things over to the government. I studied this at Harvard. Citizens and major religious groups should do this. The government never should. Interesting answer, at least. As long as someone's getting the work done. (laughs) Okay, next question was to Linda Moulton Howe. They said, you have shirts that say down with entropy, up with light. What does that mean? (laughs) And she said, well, we always want angels, life, love, and freedom to win. And our universe has entropy. And I've just always had this thought in my head, down with entropy, up with light. And it took me 10 years to get that shirt made. So let's make a planet where we align with light. And everyone went, yay. That sounds awfully optimistic to me. To, for, for entropy to be over? <laughs> well, just like her attitude in general when she said earlier, if you knew everything I did. Oh, yeah. Good point. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Someone said, when a UFO crashes here, do aliens come to rescue them? Good question. Yeah. Do they uh, have triple alien? <laughs> you do that that fast that's just how my brain works you, sh- you know you should feel proud of yourself today thank if you. you accomplish nothing else you did that <laughs> thank you <You're> all- <laughs> yeah, that's right i'll hold on to that <laughs> so paula actually said yes a government army source said he saw a crash retrieval where their own people came to rescue them okay yeah there you go then Lin- linda had to contribute <laughs> 
<laughs> she said. There's a place in San Diego called Poe, and Nordics isolated there in a Faraday cage underground. And on April 25th, 1964, there was a meeting between the U.S. military and the Sumerian aliens and the two greys, and they wanted their bodies back, and they traded technology. I'm sure it's all true. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you the next two questions, and you tell me which one you want to hear the answer to. Okay. One was, do ETs have religious beliefs? Ooh. And the other was, there's a CIA agent here in the audience, and he asked who will tell the truth about Canis Familiaris and Element 12. <laughs> well, ugh, that's tricky because I'm interested in the first question, but obviously the second was submitted by one Carrie Poppy. Oh, you just assume. Oh my God, what if it hadn't been? That would have blown my fucking mind. Oh man, like this is how things start. Yeah. Well, yeah, or I'd think like somehow I downloaded it. Yeah. 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 But no, it was from you. It was from me. So yeah, I wrote down like I'm ex-CIA. And so as Selena is reading this out loud, she's like, oh, there's a CIA agent here in the audience. And the whole room goes, <gasps> Starts looking around. Yeah. Is it you? Everyone's it you? looking, everyone's looking. She immediately starts calling the agent he. And I, I hope you didn't look around. Look around, look around. I, I mean, think I did look around. Oh, why? okay. To see who the CIA agent, well, obviously it's you. Right. But that's why I had to play along. So okay. they wouldn't think it was right. me. It goes either yeah. way. Yeah, because yeah. if you don't look around, then people uh, would be like, Look at her. her. She's not looking around. Although Selena said he. I was going to say the dog thing sounded a little far fetched Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. I heard about the eight foot praying man. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's out the window. So she says, there's a CIA agent here. Everyone goes, ooh. And she says, well, former former CIA, former CIA. And he asked, who's going to tell the truth about, and I can't quite make this out. Kane is familiar, and Linda goes, dogs. And, uh, okay. and she said, okay, dogs and element 12. And Linda said, I actually received a note about this yesterday. Oh, wow. And now this kind of serves as like a second source. I'm, I'm guessing the way her mind oh, works. Oh, interesting. She's probably like, oh, now oh, I've, heard, I've heard this again. Right. And I don't have the ability to... Disprove it. And I don't have the ability to realize that this came from the exact same person. Uh-huh. And so now I have extra confirmation. So, okay, okay. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps. What, what happens? So she said, I, I heard about this yesterday. I hadn't heard it before. I do want to know more. So mm-hmm. please come talk to me. And um, so then Steve said... I also heard about that yesterday. What? And then the panel starts going, oh, interesting. Okay. You know what? I think I also heard something about that. no. What have you done? (laughs) What have you done, Carrie? Well, also, I even got the impression like maybe Steve really did hear something about it. But I think a lot of what was happening in that moment is just your brain being like, this feels familiar. You know what? I think I heard that too. More than that, they had actually heard it. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, it felt more like that, but it was being created in front of my eyes, right. for sure. But now they're all just subtly lending energy to that idea. Yep. And so then Linda into the microphone says, so the idea is that apparently dogs are a super species that was planted here by advanced beings. Whole room goes, Ah, and this sweet- in that moment you've already done the deed. Your letter has turned into a conscious life expo talking point. Yep. 
And the girl behind this sweet, sweet girl in her 20s behind me goes, yes! Oh, no. She's so happy. She's like, finally, the dogs are vindicated. And I was like, yes. You know what? If I've done nothing else, I've made her so happy. Um, but also your lies get away from you. And this is probably not going to be good over time. Um, anyway, yeah, ETs do have uh, religious beliefs. Um, oh, phew. Okay. I was, <laughs> was going to ask you about that. Okay. So I can't, I didn't feel confident enough in my acting skills or my ability to decide whether to lie in the moment mm, to, to make go up a to face-to-face interaction yeah but it seems like there's a very open window for you to contact later and say sorry i couldn't give away my identity exactly but, okay. and so i did okay so she had mentioned proton mail yes so i went and got a proton mail account I called it, uh, feel free to email me. It was Deception Island at protonmail.com. Deception Island is an island in Antarctica. Looked it up. Hey, hey. Nice. (laughs) Thank you. Nice touch. I'm trying so hard to give her every possible fucking hint. I put deception in the name of my thing. Sure. I call myself Poppy Hornet as my name, as my first and last name. Okay. I make a, I tell her I'm from the ONRAC division Mm -hmm. of the CIA. Mm -hmm. I send her a DD-214 that I have edited in like, you know, paint or something. It looks terrible. There are lines like going through it, like an orange, just uh, like editing line going through. I'm like, Linda, this is fake. Say anything. Call me on it. Just call somebody (laughs) on something. For God's sake. And I keep talking about OnRack. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I so I email her uh, and I say, hi, I'm the one who gave you the notes. My daughter wrote it for me. I'm not very good with the computer because I had also posited that I was fairly old. Mm. But uh, she encouraged me to get in contact with you here. If there's anything I can tell you, I'd love to. And she said, your DD-214 form is incomplete. Mm. Do you have a full one? Uh, can your daughter scan it? Yeah. And I thought, Linda, hey, a little tiny dose of skepticism. Yeah. This good. is wonderful. Though we've seen her do that before. It seems like it's very easy to knock over that tiny wall of skepticism. So an hour later, okay. she writes back and she says, never mind, I got it to open. Oh, no. I'm very curious. Oh, no. <laughs> Please <laughs> tell me. Please tell me everything you've been through. I'm like... Oh, and she specifically said a long and detailed, please send me a long and detailed email about everything you've been through. I'm like, well, fuck. Okay. Uh, She's so credulous. She could be credulous. Yeah, (laughs) true. (laughs) So I sit down and like, I'm fighting with myself, right? I'm like, do I do this? Now she's asking me to write like a lot. Yeah. God, what have I done? This is a conflict. This yeah. is awful. Yeah, and I and I like her so much. So I just I'm trying to make it impossible that this is real. You know, I I talk about Onrack so many times in the hope that she'll Google the fucking acronym and see Carrie Poppy and be like, ooh, Poppy Hornet. See, this All is right. how it started with Spartan 2. Spartan 2 did the same thing. You know what? I'm going to have her talk to my buddy, my frat buddy. It's going to be so she, obvious. She's going to realize this is silly and not yeah. want to talk to us. Oh, my God. But 
I write her this long ass email. Carrie's covering her eyes. Hands on my face. I wrote her this long email with this story about being chosen by the CIA. First, I worked for the Navy, and then they spotted me, and I was uh, one of the only women who could perform a particular task. And then I had to go to Romania, and I was working at this Navy base in Romania, and then these dogs kept showing up, and I'm a real animal lover, so I was like, oh my god, these dogs, so why is there such a big dog population in this town in Romania? And then yeah, yeah. people started saying, oh, well, some people would say, oh yeah, they call it Dog City. And then other people acted like... Like, they didn't know what I was talking about. And I was like, something's up. And then this one dog showed up one morning, and I got really attached to the dog. And then I was like, oh, you know. I like how this was so tough for you, but then the words just <laughs> flow out from Carrie's hands. I spun a yarn. Uh, so I. Well, you can't tell details if you're lying. So clearly, this a, is true. Exactly. It's long and detailed. So I adopt this dog and then I'm trying to convince my coworkers like we got to do something about this dog population here. And finally, they're like, fuck, we got to tell her the truth because she's going to disrupt this Mm -hmm. delicate balance between us and the dogs. Right. So they pull me aside into a side room and very loudly play Anne Murray's Danny's song to obscure any recordings and even though we ain't got money, oh, I'm so nice. Okay. <laughs> they play that on loop super loud to obscure any recordings. And they tell me that there is a portal to Antarctica in our coat closet and that these dogs have been running society and they tell, they spill the tea, Ross, they spill the tea. And from then on, my life wasn't. Wait, what does spill the tea mean? Like they're observing all of us and sharing our information? Oh, no, they told they told me all the truth. They, oh, yeah. Gotcha. You know, and then I kind of, I tried to make it just like, this is the origin story, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Because I don't have time to talk about my 21 years in the CIA. But, sure. You know, I'm like, oh, I, I also said I can send you clippings of dog hair and you will not be able to identify what breed it came from, which you're, is true. You're a little too good at this. Yeah. <laughs> But it's true. Like when I did the DNA test on Ella, sure. they were like, I don't know, mutt. <laughs> so she is not any particular. She is not a breed known on this planet, Ross. It's a true statement. Fuck. Anyway, she did write back. She said, like, very interesting. Do you know anything about some other project? And I had to Google the shit out of that. And then I was like, oh, I think that's this or some other UFO oh, Now you've thing. verified she checked you out. <laughs> yeah. And then she stopped responding. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I did ask her. I followed up once and said, hey, I'm just curious. Has anyone else from OnRack contacted you? I'm curious if anyone else has broken their silence. And she said, no one else from OnRack has contacted me. And then I said, okay, mm. do you need anything else from me? No response. And then finally, yesterday, I wrote back and I said, I guess no one cares. Oh, okay. So I'm going to send her this episode when it's out. And do you think that maybe she did look something up and and realized, oh, this I, is this is not real. I'm not going to follow up with it anymore. Um, did, did she that just seems possible? She just doesn't deliver a, a dear John or call someone directly yeah. on it, but discards it. If- I mean, that was my intuition about it. Was like, okay, she's finally caught up. It should not have taken this long or this sure. many hints, but sure. good. Okay, but. Also, could she just not be checking her email? Oh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. What a ride. Yeah, I feel pretty guilty about the whole thing. I think the lesson here is, 
Lies get away from you, just don't even start. <laughs> that was just a, about a month and a half of interaction then. Yeah, February till last night. We're recording this on April 4th. Okay. Yeah. Do you think she'll come to my wedding? I hope so. Hmm. If she can dramatically read with me. Ah, there we go. Ross is a, a reader, and I, he's sort of added the title dramatic to it. I thought it said dramatic reader in the original <laughs> description. Uh, I think it says esteemed reader. Oh, esteemed. All right. But I like the I'll thought take... of you like getting up with the whole play. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be dramatic. <laughs> Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> it's been 90 minutes. He's still doing it. <laughs> How did dogs get worked into this? <laughs> and that's my story. Amazing. Well, if you do listen to this, Linda, we like you. I like you so much, and I'm sorry, and it's just, this was the only test I could think to run. I don't feel good about it. (laughs) (sighs) Come on the show? And also, that whole program, not real. That didn't happen. That didn't happen, and there's probably also not a praying mantis running all the ET societies besides ours. And I am the chief other member of the Onrack division. Oh shit! So it starts. I can, I can, I can it starts again. What is what is the opposite of verify? I can dispel these mm, rumors. That's what he wants you to think. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that, Carrie. You're welcome. Wow, it was a lot of very tortured work. I wanted to know what came of that letter. Oh, Carrie was so excited when she had sent this to her. And I thought, oh, this is just silly. She's going to (laughs) discard this out of hand. But little should I have doubted that she would keep it in her hand for a very long time. (laughs) Literally and metaphorically. Well, let that be a lesson to all of you on misleading (laughs) uh, credulous reporters. (laughs) And I guess that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. This episode was edited by Ross Blotcher. You can support us by telling your friends, uh, by going to MaximumFun.org. You can slash donate. You can slash join there. Mm -hmm. If you want to be part of the Maximum Fun family, get some bonus content. But don't worry, Max Fun Drive's still going to happen. It is. We don't know the date yet, but we do know it cometh. But yeah, it's not like one of those things where like, oh, Jesus is coming back and none of you standing here will pass away before that happens. Like, It's it's not like the aliens are going to come see everybody before this generation has passed. This is one of those predictions like we will stand by. If it doesn't happen by this time next year, we will be legitimately surprised and say we were wrong. Yes, correct. There we go. If there is no Max Fun Drive before I die, you can put on my tombstone. (laughs) Carrie Poppy, no Max Fun Drive. Question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) You can also, you know, tell your friends, share us on social media. You can visit us on social media. We have a Facebook. Mm-hmm. We have a Twitter. Facebook is the OnRack Division, O-N-R-A-C. <laughs> Twitter is Oh No Podcast. Mm-hmm. And remember. As far as the aliens go, there's more than one race. They have been in contact with Homo sapiens since time began. They seated us. There is a huge secret hidden deep underneath the ice in Antarctica. Military whistleblowers tell me that there are very large alien structures under two miles of Antarctic ice. It needs to be open. The truth needs to be out.
I'm Dave Hill from before, and I'm very excited to bring Dave Hill's podcasting incident back to Maximum Fun, where it belongs. You can get brand new episodes every Friday on MaximumFun.org or, you know, wherever. And while my partner Chris Gersbeck and I might lack in specific subject matter on our podcast, we make up for in special effects. Chris, add something cool right here. Also, we have explosions, animal noises, and sometimes even this. Dave Hill's podcasting incident every Friday on Maximum Fun. Chris, do another explosion right here. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.